What story is the world not getting? I'm Dr. Adrienne McKeon, AKA the Story Whisperer. As a creation coach, my purpose is to help humans reconnect to themselves, to each other, and to the boundless creative energy that flows through each and every one of us. By releasing our unique perspectives and relatable experiences in the form of inspirational stories, not only do we give the world a precious gift that is ours alone to give, we help them really get our core message and come to a deeper understanding of the universal wisdom within it. Are you ready to reconnect? Good, because that's allowed. Hey everyone, welcome to the That's Allowed podcast. I'm your hostess, Dr. Adrienne McKeon, and today we have Utiona Rolinson. Please introduce yourself, lovely. Well, my name is Utiona, and I live in northern Sweden, where I'm from. And uh, I lived in the U.S. for 18 years. From like December 1995, I moved to New Orleans, and then later on, I was there for like two, two, three years, and then I moved to California. And uh, uh, and. Find, you know, like that led me to uh, getting my PhD in theater studies at UC Santa Barbara, where you and I met each other. Mm-hmm. And I've also uh, lived in Brazil and Germany and so on. And then I moved back to Sweden in 2014. And I have been here since in my hometown in northern Sweden. And currently, I am uh, starting a business that will be called Uteliana. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> and uh, and or Uteliana Ventures uh, and it, it's a performance art based company mm. that has different uh, legs but uh, at the core it's about storytelling and our authentic voice these things yes. that you love too so but also arts and and, and so on mm. so I actually had this vision the other day that I wanted to share with you and I wanted to wait until we were actually on air to share oh, this with okay. you so okay. I had this vision that you and I were going to start a venture together and that it's about helping people to tap into their kind of, you know, sacred wisdom and like open up to their creativity and start to, you know, create performance art pieces. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Because I've sort of had this epiphany that, you know, I'm a creation coach and this is what I'm here to do uh, Mm -hmm. to help people take their wild imaginings and make them into realities. Right. And so, uh, but then it was like, you were very strongly in that picture with me and we were doing Uh this thing together. So I'm very excited to see where that goes. Uh, Some sort of manifestation magic happening there. Yes. I love it. I welcome it. Yes. So I'll just ask the question, which Mm -hmm. is, what story is the world not getting? You have asked me this before, and I've been thinking about it. And, you know, and then the, 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 a few weeks ago, it dawned on me. And that uh, was about diversity. Mm. And uh, the backstory is that I've been do I had been the moderator and also the host for Ume Pride, Umeå is the, my hometown where I live mm-hmm. now and Pride, the Pride Festival. Mm-hmm. And it was done now in October and uh, 
of course, most of it was digital because of, of the Corona pandemic. And, uh, and I was the host and then I was invited also to be the moderator for a panel discussion about it was the translation would be like trans nuances and it was about the right. trans community and being right. transgender i am not but uh, uh, about all that complexity and i was asked to do it because they needed someone that was curious and open and genuine but who had not didn't have much experience in the whole transgender issues and so I was like, oh, I will be very happy to do this. Why do you think and, they why do you think they chose to go that route instead of having someone who's very familiar with the trans community? Because it was a panel. I think it was because uh, as it was a panel and was three people who have profound knowledge and experience in yeah. the trans community from mm -hmm. three different perspectives. Mm -hmm. And that they they especially for the the star in the on the panel, this uh, trans woman who is a famous actress and journalist and writer here in Sweden. Mm -hmm. uh, it was her demand. And I think it is because uh, she wanted to find a way away from the conflict yeah. within the trans community to a more open space. Mm -hmm. And if this person, the host, would be more neutral, yeah. perhaps this person could listen more keenly to each person and bring these perspectives together uh, and not have them oppose each other in some kind of drama. Yeah, and I think it helps the audience too to have a representative kind of up yes. there of like, okay, this person's learning yeah. just along with us. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I, I think you're right about that. And it became very successful and it was a wonderful journey. And also this person should said afterwards in media that she felt that I had helped them break new grounds within the conversations and dialogues within the trans community and which I was very happy that that she felt uh, thus but for me too what I learned when I, I was doing a lot of research and I kept coming back to what's the big deal I mean I understand for a transgender person to go through all of that or you're very young and you don't really know your identity things like that you know mm -hmm. uh, but from the society what's the big deal right. i kept coming back to that why would someone if i'm not transgender why would i have an issue with a transgender person right uh, why would they pose a threat to my identity and my survival they don't at all and i was like it has to do perhaps it has something to do with that we as humans we speak so well about oh we need to be diverse you know, everyone needs to like, like fit around the table, you know, and so on. But that perhaps we often get locked down in binary thoughts within ourselves. Yeah. And that we truly need to exercise our own inner diversity, our own inner mm. ecosystem, the ecosystem of our minds, our emotions, our soul, but of course, it's challenging because it's like, oh, my God, it's so complex. It's much easier. Yes, no, right, wrong, black and white, period. Yep. Right? It's much easier uh, while the complexity is hard. But at the same time, we also know deep within and on the surface that diversity gives richness, brings richness. And it's also how nature and fauna thrives. 
how the forest, the ocean thrives, mm-hmm. and also how humanity thrives. So then I was like, okay, so maybe the story that the world is not getting so clearly is that perhaps each one of us would do humanity and the world a huge favor if we would practice diversity within ourselves and be strengthened, you know, like maybe that is like a muscle to exercise at the same time, in the same way as uh, intellectual endeavor, like you and I got our PhDs. Well, that was a huge challenge that required a lot of diversity in the head, in the mind, in thought, Mm -hmm. and and agility and flexibility and turning and twisting uh, one question from many different perspectives, uh, and putting together many different complex thoughts into a whole, right? But we also know it was tremendously satisfying and it has changed us forever. Yeah. So I wish for myself that I will continue the diversity practice so that I become, so that I have the fortitude to have complexity washed through me without uh, me being afraid or resisting it or saying no to it. And instead leaning into it with a curious openness and interest Yeah. I've definitely noticed that when people talk about diversity, most of the time they're just thinking about one kind of diversity, which is racial diversity or cultural diversity. They're not thinking about gender diversity. They're not thinking about sexual diversity. And they're definitely not thinking about neurodiversity or emotional diversity or the the diversity you're talking about, which is within us, we have all these different personas. We have all these different personalities, these different stories, these different ideas about ourselves, ideas that other people have given us about ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. We have this multiverse that lives within us. Yeah. Yeah. And again, to try to simplify that and pin yourself down to one story is what we, what we do as a society. Like I've been thinking lately about, you know, my title. I finally came up with the title creation coach, which took me years, you know, to come to. Because it is really hard and frankly inadvisable (laughs) to stamp one label on yourself and say, this is what I am. This is what I do. Yeah. But that's what is asked of us as humans. You know, we go on LinkedIn or whatever and we have to have a title. Right. Right. Yeah. And then when we lose whatever we stamped on our forehead, we lose that, we lose our identity and we come into right. crisis. Like, oh my God, who am I? You know? Yeah. And uh, I'm thinking two things. One was, uh, I haven't done it. I'm going to do it now when it's, uh, when it's next new moon. The, the meditation that you had spoken of with letting go of everything that one that we believe that we need to yeah. survive, right? The, the trash then, man meditation. The, tra- yeah. the, the trash man meditation. And then finding oneself completely like empty. And it's like maybe a scary process. I don't know. I could imagine. But then coming to this like like some sort of like matrix, perhaps. Yeah. So after that, which I mm-hmm. completely recommend, the trash yeah. man meditation by Daniel uh, Bruce Levin. Brilliant. Super useful. When you're done with that go to my website and download the free uh, guided meditation that I just put on there. 
which will then help you fill yourself back up Perfect. with all the things that are really meaningful to you right now. Perfect. Yeah, Perfect. I will do that. I'm doing these uh, uh, moon faces rituals in my life now, actually yeah. very much inspired by Amy Ray that you interviewed. Yeah. I had already started that process before, and then she uh, spoke about her uh, daily rituals and also about the and and I'd written to her and you know as I know her also from UCSB yeah. and I had asked her about I'm so curious about your daily rituals uh, as a way to frame our days and nights and weeks yes. and 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 months and years in a way so perhaps you know like like to to get a framework so that we also can live within the creative flow and the good chaos and the complexity of life but we need framework perhaps that that can help that that can be the 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 binary <laughs> points somehow for yeah. for more fluid life to be available to us uh, uh, anyway and then she spoke about her that she's doing new moon rituals and i'm like oh my god i'm just moving into that so i'm so inspired so i'm going to add the trash man and this other uh, filling yourself up to my my moon rituals this, this beautiful month. i call it yeah. the ideal scene uh, meditation yeah. yeah excellent i look forward to that uh, i was thinking another thing this that you said with the labels and how how in, uh, that we are trained by society that we need to you need to you know like your the, the three minute pitch elevate the the, the elevator oh, yeah. pitch the elevator pitch yeah and the business cards they are not maybe as 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 common today as they were like five ten years ago but nevertheless yeah. and not to take away from that of course that can be very useful you know and it's good to have a telephone number an email address sure. <laughs> you know our name you know mm -hmm. um but uh also at the same time i remember when i just moved to new orleans and i was so creative i was doing performance art i was studying visual arts i was painting i was doing all these things and Many people have always said, oh, you're like a Renaissance person, right? And then I meet this famous American um, uh, 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 composer for movies, Hollywood, com Hollywood composer, huge. And, and I mean, it was great to, to get to know him and he wanted to give me advice because he did see a lot of potential in this young, creative, brilliant young woman mm -hmm. but she's like all over the place i mean this won't do she will never become successful if she's just like doing all these things she need to pick one thing and one style because that's right. what he had done and gained enormous success and he heartfelt and he so he really wants to transmit this knowledge to me and this yeah. understanding and he said and he says exactly you need to pick one thing one style and then you do honor that and i was like what I'm like, okay, I'm going to consider it. I respect you, I will consider it. And I just came out from that thought process and I said, with my personality and who I am, I, can't, I will never be able to do that. And I have tried, believe me, I have tried from time to time because I've gotten the advice from other people that have had mm -hmm. success in the same way. And sure, some people, this is the only thing I want to do and only this and nothing else, you know, good for them but I am not that and I finally come to accept that with myself and that that is fine and dandy and well yeah and perhaps then that 
leads into these insights that I have had lately about the importance of the inner diversity and the, yeah. the, the feeding the inner ecosystem. Yeah, and that that openness and and creativity and just letting things flow through you as they flow through you. You know, it is solid business advice, yes, to niche down and mm -hmm. pick something that is consistent so that people can mm -hmm. consistently find you. Mm -hmm. But I also find that it's soul crushing. Yeah. <laughs> I've had the same yeah. issue and I, you know, I just had that recent epiphany too where I was like, "No, I'm a creation coach. I'm not specifically mm -hmm. a book midwife." That is one thing that I do, but that's right. not the only thing that I do. I help entrepreneurs figure out what their business is. And I help, you know, people who just have a career and want to figure out what they, you know, how, how to find joy within what they're already doing and find the creativity in, in what they're already doing and performers. And, all, you know, it's like, I just help people tap into their own creation energy and create what they're here to create and give their gifts, right? Yeah, and yeah. I'm just tired of, of pretending like I only do one thing because that's just not me, mm. you know? And it's not true. And it's not true. Yeah. I do yeah. all these things. And, you know, that is my gift is just helping people figure out what their gift is and give it. <laughs> <laughs> and I think for a long time, I, I shied away from that because I hate the word life coach. Mm -hmm. I hate it. The idea that that someone, you know, needs someone to tell them how to live their life just seems insulting to me. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like, yeah, I'm not here you. to tell you how to live your life. I don't know how you're going to, you yeah. know, how do I know? Like, I, don't, I haven't figured out life yet. Have you? Yeah. No, thank <laughs> no. God. No. no, but what I have figured yeah. out is how yeah. to tap into your creation energy. Yeah. And, and everybody can tap into that. Everyone has yeah. access to it. And just yeah. like you're saying, it's, it's so diverse because we are connected to everything. Yeah. Everyone yeah. and everything. We can have that empathy. We can have that connection. Mm -hmm. We just have to open up that channel and mm -hmm. be open to it. Yeah. You know? I love it. I love so it. So tell us a little bit more about your story as an artist. When did you realize that you had this creative energy within you? When did you start creating? And how did that change over the, the years and, and change you and change the people around you? Well, that was a big question. Yes. <laughs> but let, <laughs> I, will, I will take one little strand and then we see how it unfolds. Yes. <laughs> uh, but it's a wonderful question. Well, uh, already as a child, uh, I, I like to tell this story. Uh, already as a small child, I wrote my first, well, not a small child, but like when I was like six, seven years old, mm -hmm. I wrote my first poem. Mm -hmm. And it was sort of like, maybe perhaps it could be compared to a haiku. Although I had no background in like, I mean, a little bit in school, whatever they did in kindergarten or like in, in the first grades or, you know, like doodling on papers and you know some pedagog you know like school stuff but and my family they were not my mom she loved uh, crafts a lot her and her closest sister they were very crafty um, but not really any artists around me that I knew or were in contact with or anything like that but already as then as I was said five six years old I wrote this poem and it went like this 
I'm translating from Swedish, and it went like this. When the heavens falls down, we will all become like a bunch of camels. <laughs> what did that mean to you? I don't know. I don't, it just made perfect sense to me. Like, who knows what could happen with this universe? I don't know. And I was kind of like a deep, strange child. And I, I knew that I had been... Uh, the the friend and lover of Genghis Khan. I remember how I was galloping with him over the, the tundra in, in, in Mongolia. And we were like riding and we were like laughing like wildly, you know, like looking at each other and just laughing. And I knew that I had been like this, this uh, wise woman that picked herbs in the forest and I had been a shaman. I knew all of these things, you know. Mm -hmm. But in my family and in my culture, you didn't speak about these things. Yeah. You know, in Sweden, yeah. in Sweden, you don't speak. I mean, uh, uh, subcultures do speak about spirituality and more so now. But in Sweden, you don't speak about God. You know, you speak yeah. to God within yourself, but you don't right. quietly. speak <laughs> yeah, you speak quite. It's like it's an intimate relationship, you know, that you don't share with others so freely, you know. Yeah, and yeah. I was grown up in, in all of that. And no one spoke about past lives or anything like that. But I just knew these things, you know, and I engaged with them. And, you know, like my mom and dad, they were like, okay, this is our strange kid, you know, but, you know, sure. She, she does no harm, you know. Right. <laughs> Kids are weird, more, whatever. Kids are weird, you know, whatever, exactly. And, uh, and then uh, when I was then a teenager, all of a sudden, I, so I continued to, to write, you know, uh, and for many years, poems. And then this led me to performance art. But in between there as a teenager, all of a sudden, I'm like, to my mom and dad, they are, what, what do you want for your birthday? And I think it was 16. I'm like, the only thing I want is painting supplies. A canvas and painting supplies and they are like well you don't paint and i'm like uh, i am now i wasn't exactly then but within myself i was yeah. you know yeah so they were sweet and they got me that and then i started to paint and um uh and then oh and also when i was like 17 at college community college sort of thing it's like a term different in the u.s and in sweden but you know whatever school you go to when you are like 17. Uh, I met this Hungarian theater man that had fled uh, communism in Hungary and he ended up in Northern Sweden. Northern Sweden, now it's really cool and you have been to Umeå, it's a wonderful, it's a very cultural and innovative town and lots of international companies and it has a research university and all kinds of stuff. Uh, but then it was like super boring. This is like in the early eighties late uh, uh, late 80s early 90s and he just like entered the stage of Umeå like in the streets you know in the downtown and he was so flamboyant and he had his dark hair and his beautiful mustache and purple shirts no one wore purple shirts like of a woman yes but a man oh no 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 this was like hardcore guys you know that worked in the forest and did real manly stuff, <laughs> you know, yeah. and manly stuff was not to wear a purple shirt. And then he had this beautiful shiny black dress pants. And then he had high leather boots where he tucked his, his pants into them and they sort of like poofed out a little uh -huh. bit, you know, the edge, you know. And 
he then starts to work with theater in my hometown. And I found him and I started to do theater with him and he touched on lots of young people's life. And we just adored each other. And at one point he said, but I'm very shy. And I had then, you know, gone through and I had been sexually abused when I was young. And I had, yeah. from, from being a very open child, I had just locked down and become very shy and afraid of the world and, you know, yeah. um, introverted. I am a very extroverted person, as you can hear, but I had become sort of like introverted to, to yeah. protect myself, I, mm -hmm. I assume. And... Uh, and so I was very like curious about all the theater stuff that he did, but I kept on, you know, like in the background, you know, I didn't want to make a fuss around myself and draw attention, you know, but he saw something in me. And then he said, Otiliana, why don't you come with me? Uh, uh, I'm going to the countryside and I'm going to go and teach uh, directing. And uh, uh, so I will be, you know, like doing this for, for a few weeks, you know, and yeah. not staying overnight, but we would go out and do this and come back. And, and would you like to come with me? And I'm like, well, I love to travel. You know, I can just go to the airport and just sit there like, oh my God, it's so exciting. And then go back home. You yeah. know? <laughs> and, and I just love everything with, with traveling. So I was like, oh yes, absolutely. I would love to go on a, a travel with you, but I don't want to do any theater. And he's like, okay, fine. You know, he didn't, you know, give that any energy whatsoever. He must have had a plan. So anyways, we show up and we're in, all, in, in this old school building and it's all these grown up people there that are like, like interested in theater and they're doing this directing uh, class with this, um, this, this uh, foreigner, you know, that is so flamboyant and he was wonderful with theater and he was quite famous back in Hungary. I later learned from other people when I was traveling. And they knew his name, Andras Fodor. And uh, so anyways, I'm sitting there on a bench, just watching them. And I'm like, oh, this is so exciting. But I have no need of being a participant at all. I just want to observe. And then all of a sudden, they all turned to me and they said, uh, Andras says, uh, we need an actor. They are one short. So in order for them to do this directing thing that they are doing, we really would need you. And I'm like, I really don't want to do this. I was thought to myself, I'm like, no, no, please. Oh, this is so embarrassing. I was like, it was so painful. But then I didn't want to be rude and they needed someone and he could just see I was in torment and torn. And he said, you don't have to do anything. Just come up and stand here. You know, no big deal. And I'm like, well, I can stand on one spot, you know. And so I, I went up there and then I don't remember anything. I like completely blacked out and then I come back. I don't know how long it went, but it must have been like half an hour or 45 minutes I learned later. And, and they're all like standing around me and they're just like in awe. And I have no idea what happened. And I'm like, eh, okay. Okay, and they're like, thank you so much. That was just amazing. And I'm like, okay. And oh, I'm the, that poor girl that I was a teenager, you know, so insecure. And they're like, are you from the Royal Theatre in Stockholm? Like our big, big, badass theatre, the most famous theatre of Sweden, you know? And I'm like, no, <laughs> I did maybe a play in school when I was like 13, you know? And, and so there was something that triggered 
and so, like something that opened up that he must have seen. And he then later helped me to say, then started to do theater with him. Uh, and I just found it wonderful. And then he then helped me to audition at the, the, the finest uh, theater school that we have in Sweden that I wasn't uh, ready for yet. So I flunked, you know, I, I didn't even get a call back. Maybe I had one call back, I did two monologues, but they are like, oh, okay, she is obviously not ready. <laughs> ready for us yeah. but then we have a, a famous private theater school that I also applied to and I got in and then since then and then later on when I came to New Orleans I was studying painting but I then started to do theater as well they had a, a art program and a theater arts program so I started to do both but then I was also uh, doing these performance art pieces and I performed at the House of Blues and at museums and I got all these different gigs and it was just like wonderful. So somehow it just organically broke open. Yeah. And, uh, and so then I continued to do things like that. And then I went, when I came to California, I went into drama and got my uh, bachelor, my master and then my PhD in theater studies. And yeah. then now when I returned back to, to my hometown, I have had I have a one woman show about Greta Garbo that I've done and I did it several times in California over like a course of maybe five, seven years. And then I also did it, it uh, premiered also in Sweden. But then since then I have had a hard time finding a way into the, the theater community in Sweden and in my hometown. It seems like they are very protective of themselves and yeah. I have not known how to do it while at the same time I had gotten then other really cool job positions. I was the director of the Guitar the Museum, a famous guitar museum that we have in my town and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So it took me sort of on another course, which has been wonderful. And then earlier this year, I discovered oral storytelling. Yeah. And it's somehow just so divinely inspired because then on both my mom and dad's sides, we have these quite established storytellers. My great grandfather, he was like a, a shaman kind of person, although this, you know, he was a Christian too, and this was like of oh, the devil. <laughs> so he only did it when people really they wouldn't survive if he didn't do what right. his talent was. But then he also was this great storyteller. So somehow, and we have this particular style of storytelling also in the region where I live which I now is tapping into so somehow yeah. it's getting in like not a full circle but more like the spiral the spiraling yeah. it's you know uh, tying back to deep roots that I yeah. have so let's tap into that let's mm -hmm. go let's do go into our exercise now because it's about that time so mm -hmm. can I have you close your eyes mm -hmm. okay beautiful so I'm going to wave my magic wand and now you are doing exactly what you were meant to do. You are giving your gifts to the world freely and they are receiving them with such gratitude. You are just full of purpose and meaning. And so I want you to look around your life as it is in this sort of ideal space where you are giving the world exactly what you came to give it. And tell me what you see, what you hear, what you can smell, taste, and touch in this space. 
at this very moment, I thought I would see something else, but at this very moment, I am standing on this big stage, mm -hmm. and it actually looks like the Royal Theatre in Stockholm. Okay. And I'm standing on the big uh, stage. They have several uh, theaters there, but I'm standing on the, the main stage. And, uh, and the house is full and, and oh, I see all these lights and the people, it's a stand. Oh my God. Oh, I'm starting to cry. Oh, I'm so moved. And it's this standing ovation. I'm alone on stage and the whole house is giving me a standing ovation. And, and on this stage, it's not a lot of set pieces. It's something that is very minimalistic. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's like simple lighting too. So I don't know if it is a, if, if it's a, or like a more a storytelling event more than a theater piece. So let's say that you did just share a personal story, mm -hmm. an authentic personal story of yours, and you're getting this overwhelming acceptance and validation and love back from that, from this audience. I just want you to revel in that feeling for a moment. That you were just completely vulnerable and open with this audience. And they've received that gift, embraced it, and are offering back their appreciation. What does that feel like? It feels like my whole entire being, I'm completely open. It's like, like, like my whole being is completely open and my being is huge. And that is very raw and vulnerable. <laughs> and like I'm holding nothing back and, and I'm giving everything freely. And it's like I'm, and I can feel that everything that is like my whole being is like, uh, like flooding. It's like flowing out into the audience, and I can feel each one of them somehow. But then I also can feel from from the back, from above and back, mm. that it's coming like this stream of energy that is that is outside me from others. I don't know if it's from other dimension. Or, or, or back in history, or uh, but it's sort of like other beings that are just flooding mm. me with, with their stories and energies, and it's coming in at the back of my head, at the nape of my head, mm -hmm. or whatever it's called, and then it's just like streaming into my nervous system and my spine, and then it's just transformed and it's just flooding straight out through my open heart and arms and I'm touching each one of them in the audience and somehow beyond them too. Yeah. It's like this matrix. I'm sort of like like this this beacon, this transmitter of, uh, of, this, of this matrix somehow. I want you to see out in the audience, there's a young girl. She's about the age that you were when you were so terrified to go up on stage. And she's just got tears streaming down her face. 
She's looking up at you, and she's just broken open. And opened herself to a new possibility. Oh, I love her so much. I want you to find her afterwards. Mm. Find her in the crowd afterwards. Mm -hmm. Go up to her. What do you want to say to her? First, I want to ask her. Uh, first, I want to tell her that I saw you in the crowd there in the audience in, in, inside the theater. I saw you, I saw you clearly. And my impression was that, that you were deeply moved. Mm -hmm. Is that correct? And, and she says that that is correct. And then I ask her, would you allow me to hug you? Mm -hmm. And she says, yes, and she starts to cry. And we're just holding each other, we're both crying, you know, as we had known each other for the longest time. But it's like, like, you know, it's the first time we meet, but it's like we've always known each other. <laughs> and, and, and then she also tells me that, I said, so why, I'm asking her, I'm curious why, why she was so moved. And she says that 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 uh, seeing seeing what you did and gave on stage, I now <gasps> oh, it's beautiful. I now I now I now know that I am to dedicate my life and my energy to the power of stories and the power of storytelling as a bridge, as a bridge between people, as a bridge between cultures, as a bridge of understanding, as a bridge of tolerance, as a bridge of, of to, to open up to deep, deep wisdom. And I, and I see that that she speaks truth and I can see that that will be so for her. <laughs> and I say thus to her, that, that that will be so. How does yeah. that feel? Oh, it's so beautiful. I'm so profoundly moved. <laughs> I'm so profoundly moved and I'm so happy. And grateful. I feel very grateful. Oh, I think mm. we'll end right there. <laughs> Before we lose all our mascara. <laughs> oh my goodness. Thank you for that. Oh, so thank much. You. I was that little girl oh. and I was you and oh, oh. it's amazing. Oh, Thank you, Adrian. We have to do this. Oh, yes. We have to do this. <laughs> we have to make this happen. This is... Oh. <laughs> wow. <sighs> I did not expect this. <laughs> <laughs> Me either. <laughs> the beauty of this process. It's like you yeah. just don't know what's going to break open. And people right. always think they're going to see something different. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like... Yeah. But the people who really allow themselves 
mm -hmm. to open up to the process often see something completely unexpected. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I started to decide what I was going to see. Right, and, of oh, course. Well, oh, now I'm going to be a good girl. This is going to, mm -hmm. uh, Arden is going to like this. <laughs> the listeners, they would be like, oh, oh good, good. Yes, yes, good, good, yes. <laughs> bravo, bravo. No. But that's the and thing, then, when you allow yourself yeah. to really open up to what your heart actually mm. desires, it's just... Yeah. Yeah. yeah and that process i'm thinking that too like like because what is that is also connecting to intuition and what is intuition perhaps yeah. that's the language of our soul yeah yeah and and oh oh i want i want for myself i want for you i want for everyone but if i speak for myself from this i really want for my heart, for the intuition to 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 completely open up, and for for myself to respect that voice in myself and really enjoy listening to it. Yeah. That perhaps that could be the voice that I lead with, instead of the monkey voice, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the chatter. The chatter. <laughs> yeah. And. And to be that example, mm. to share from that place, you know, from mm. from your heart, from your solar plexus, you know, from all mm. all your chakras, just mm -hmm. <laughs> to yeah. be able to, to open all of that and share on all of those levels. When other people see that and experience that, it shows them that there's this other possibility beyond that yeah. monkey voice. Right. Mm -hmm beyond the ego that's telling them you know be a good girl yeah you are yeah. this yeah. Act like that <laughs> instead we can be a, a a delightful contradictory mess yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh this is so beautiful this Thank is so, so beautiful much. thank you Arden. i love you so much i love you so much yeah this and was perfect like and you yeah. know how much I needed this just to, to catch people up to the conversation we had before we pushed record today. There's some very, it's, it's October. Okay. We're getting toward, uh, Samhain or Halloween or whatever you want to yeah. call it. Uh, Dia de los Muertos, yeah. all saints. And, uh, the veil is thin and some very weird mm. stuff is happening. Uh, right yeah. now this morning, my stovetop was shattered. Um, by I don't know what sort of entity. Uh, there was a small pan on the stove. Uh, David turned around for a moment and then he heard a smash and he turned back and the pan was up like this and just in, embedded in the shattered stovetop. It's so crazy. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so I really needed this yeah. <laughs> to just get back into the light. Uh -huh. out of that shadow and uh yeah. i'm sure we'll sort it out but it's just it's really lovely to be taken back into that space of of possibility mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. hope so yeah yeah thank you all right we will sign off for now yep i love you <laughs> i love you <laughs> Thank you so much for being here to receive the gift of that story. If you found this episode worthwhile, please 
pass it on by sharing the link as well as rating, reviewing, and subscribing to the That's Allowed podcast. It costs you nothing and it makes a huge difference. And speaking of things that cost you nothing and make a huge difference, please stop by my website, thatsallowed.com, to get your free guided ideal scene meditation and to set up your free discovery call today. It would be my honor to help you release your masterpiece to the waiting world.